Welcome to AI Arthritis Voices 360, the podcast solving today's most pressing issues in the AI arthritis community. We invite you all to the table, where together we face the daily challenges of autoimmune and autoinflammatory arthritis. Every Sunday, join our fellow patient co-hosts as they lead discussions in the patient community, as well as consult with stakeholders worldwide to solve the problems that matter most. Whether you are a loved one, a professional working in the field, or a person diagnosed with an AI arthritis disease, this podcast is for you. So pull up a chair and take a seat at the table. Hello there. We are coming live to you from the AI Arthritis Voices 360 talk show. This is the official talk show for the International Foundation for Autoimmune and Autoinflammatory Arthritis, or AI Arthritis for short. My name is Tiffany. I am the CEO of the organization. I'm also a person living with these diseases. My primary diagnosis, non-radiographic axial spondyloarthritis, in addition to some others, other autoimmune diseases or autoinflammatory. And um, I am not alone. So our show is based on people living with these diseases, just as our mission is, who come together alongside other stakeholders. In this case, we have a nurse who we're going to introduce here in a minute. And we talk about different problems that we can solve together as equals at the table that will impact education, advocacy, and research. So let's say hello to the other people that we have here. Um, first, I'm going to go to Katie who is my official co-host, because we <laughs> always have um, patients leading these these discussions. Hi, Katie. Hi. Hi. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? So I'm Katie. Um, I'm actually um, an adult now living with rheumatoid arthritis, and I used to be um, a kid living with juvenile polyticular <laughs> rheumatoid arthritis, and I sort of lived through and became part of the birth of biologics. And um, I think that sort of been my mission all along to have like more access to care and kind of what we're talking about today. So, okay, great. <laughs> Thank you. So thanks for co-hosting this with me. And then we also um, are going to be talking with Carrie Beach. She is a rheumatology nurse. Hi, Carrie. Hi, guys. Thank you for having me today. Thank you for, for, for being here. Carrie, why don't you give us a little background about sure. yourself? So I am a rheumatology nurse in Columbus, Ohio. I have worked in rheumatology for almost 17 years. And I am on the board of the uh, board of directors for the Rheumatology Nurses Society. And I've been on the board for about five years. Wonderful. So excited to be here. Thank you for, for that. And also, um, Carrie sits on our um, impact committee, which is every year we have a committee of other nonprofits. We have some pharmaceutical companies, other companies that sit on this panel so that we can sort of our inner circle so that we can speak more about our projects. They can help us to facilitate um, improvements to some of the things that we're working on. So they give, give not necessarily advice, just help us to create um, thinking from other stakeholders, what could become more impactful if we think about things from all different perspectives. So thank you, Carrie, for, for serving on that as well. This is 
being uh, streamed at the time of our auto ball. And that is our official gala for um, our AI arthritis organization. And um, we were supposed to do it in person and it was going to be our first gala. And then COVID-19 shut it down. And so now we're back online. And so we're still doing some of the, the live shows um, in honor of the auto ball. So um, I want it. We want during this time to introduce some of our key volunteers like Katie and also some of the staff that we have behind the scenes. But we're going to go ahead and get started with the conversation. And um, as mentioned, our mission as an organization and of this show is that we have people living with these diseases like myself and Katie, and we invite other stakeholders like Carrie to the table to have conversations about our projects or about things in general that if we spoke together, we could identify some gaps, some things that maybe we could help each other with and then solve these problems in education, advocacy, and research. I have a, I kind of, I have a question. So uh, when I go to my rheumatologist and I've been to several over the last because I've moved a lot. So partly because I'm complex, but I've also moved a lot, as I said at the beginning. That's how I met Stephanie. I, if I didn't move to Phoenix for a year, she wouldn't be here right now with her smiling face. So um, <laughs> I was originally diagnosed in Los Angeles and um, that was a two rheumatologists, then Phoenix. That was one rheumatologist, then moved here, had a rheumatologist that told me nothing's wrong with me, took me off meds. I said, see ya, and ended up with the second room. So I've had, you know, five rheumatologists. And I can say that in that there must be, or or am I wrong? There must be nurses around, but in every in every one of those situations, I didn't necessarily have contact with a nurse. Really? Really? Oh, You're like, oh, well, that yeah. is a little... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, I that's mean, and this is why me. we, that's why um, we talk about these things, right? Because, yeah, I mean, you and wouldn't I know have known I'm that. very lucky where I live, Ohio, for whatever reason, we have, we have a, a, a good amount of rheumatologists. Um, our practice, we, each rheumatologist has his or her own nurse. So... And I love the way that our office works. And I know, I, I guess I know now more that that is not the norm. Um, but that, I mean, that's why I love what I do. I see my patients every single time. I'm their point of contact when they call. Um, so it, it's kind of disheartening to hear that you, you know, that you don't have that experience. I think it, that a oh, lot ahead, of Katie. Sorry, I don't. I think that a lot of people don't realize that. I think um, I was very lucky to grow up going to Children's Hospital in Los Angeles, so we did have a lot more resources. But I learned through there because they have like the fellows program, and they bring they try to bring in a lot of rheumatologists. I learned that it's one of the most underfunded specialties. We don't have enough rheumatologists. There's states, there's huge states that don't have rheumatologists at all. So yeah. there's definitely places where nurses do not exist because it's not something that like is affordable. And um, as far as like, I've been really lucky. I've had the same nurse that followed me since I was 21 up. She's a part of RNS as well and kind of introduced me to the world of advocacy where I got to meet Tiffany. And so I can't imagine an experience that wouldn't include a dedicated nurse. So it does make me very, very sad, but it's a very hard truth. This is a disease that's underfunded and uh, like the specialties just no one really goes into the specialty as much anymore and there aren't nurses. And I think that's the hard part because it is a team effort. Like we all have to be a part of it to make a patient's story successful or even just to maintain sometimes. So, so let me just ask a follow-up question just to, to, 
to that that statement. So, Carrie, if if there's people like myself and and I may not know until I go to that rheumatologist if there's going to be sure. a, a, a nurse. Um, but if I wanted to go in and really prepare myself to speak f- about my physical ailments or my my mental um, state at that time, if I'm having concerns, like you said, with anxiety um, or or just challenges in general, that whether that's COVID related or not, how would you, let's say I do have a nurse, okay, let's mm-hmm. just say that I do. How would you recommend us bringing that up? Or do you have any, any like, um, good apps or just, or is it just generally dialogue? Like how, what are your recommendations? I think, well, and I think that also that that kind of conversation comes after you build a rapport, right? I don't think anybody's going to come in on their first visit and say, you know, I mean, they'll physically, yes, definitely tell me their ailments, but, um, I think it takes more of a rapport and a trust. That's why I love the way our practice is set up because my patients do, I think they trust me. (laughs) hope so. Um, <laughs> and, you know, you, you kind of just build that relationship. And so, um, but again, you just have to, to be honest. Now we do, um, for new patients, we have like a, it's kind of ridiculous. It's like a 13 page new patient packet that they fill out. So we, I mean, and I'm the one inputting that. So I kind of know your story before, as long as you're being honest in your paperwork, which <laughs> I find people tend to put more down there than they do, you know, when they come in and, and talk. But um, so I already know like a, a good piece of your story. But um, but oh, I mean, I don't I don't know that there's like a, an, an app or anything. Um, I think it's just more conversational. I think one of the good tips that um, my nurse gave me, um, her name is Jackie, and she always had me carry a notebook between visits. And I would put mm-hmm. down when uh, I had a bad day or when it, like mm-hmm. something actually started because I could never remember dates. That was my big thing when I came from Children's Hospital to an adult rheumatologist. I had no idea how to remember like when something started or when something hurt. And so she taught me to write in a notebook. And then that became my phone after a while where I just like would put in mm-hmm. exactly what was happening on the calendar day. And then when I come in, I open to that page and we talk about everything that happened between visits. And that's kind of become a thing. And I'm so close to Jackie that literally she came to my wedding and my doctor didn't, kind of <laughs> you know, like, so she sort of taught me exactly how to talk about my body and my problems. And, mm-hmm. you know, like, I think that if you do have that relationship with your nurse, it's a lot sometimes, and I don't want to speak for Carrie, but it's a lot easier to get a hold of your nurse um, <laughs> than the doctor sometimes when you're having problems in between visits. And they can kind of have those important conversations with the doctor for you. Mm-hmm. So yep. That's a good point. That's exactly what we do. That's a good point. Um, and that leads us into uh, the conversation about working together. And I think that we could revisit after after the show a little bit more about possibly helping patients and nurses with the communication, literally patients, maybe Katie and I, we can brainstorm afterwards about different ways that we might be able to help patients think about being prepared to speak with their nurses. Because I know, I, Mm -hmm. I gotta be honest, I might prep to speak to my doctor but I don't know that I've ever really prepped to speak to the nurse. And I think that that's a prime time, yeah. right? Like mm-hmm. I might just speak off the cuff because 
taken, you know, taken conversational, notes or, right? Mm-hmm. Conversational. But I, I don't think that I thought I had, I thought ahead of time to say, wow, there's a 10 minute window or whatever it is that I can, mm-hmm. I have this person's ear and, and using that. So I think that's a really good takeaway, um, from this. But the other part of that is, is sort of what you mentioned, Carrie, is this individualized care. I mean, you know, their story, you read their story mm-hmm. and that leads us into something that at our organization, we focus on strongly in a lot of what we do. And we have very specific projects and that's precision medicine. So we had, uh, we were trying to tackle the issue of the fact that current clinical trials only enlist patients who meet a general patient population criteria. Um, and, and we can go into more about the details of that at a, at a different time. <laughs> That's a whole conversation <laughs> in its own. Uh, but, but the point is that in order to advance to precision medicine and really think forward into the clinical trials that will enlist all patients. So we've got a different, we've got a different target market. We have a different population that could be part of clinical trials as we move forward into thinking about these new ways of doing, of doing trials. But in order to, to get to that point, we first have to think about the existing barriers to trial engagement. And two of those is, is, are simply just knowledge. Patients aren't necessarily sure exactly what a trial is or, or what it, what it exists. Am I going to, you know, what are the benefits to me? And then the second one is doctors don't usually mention clinical trials unless they're participating in a trial. It's something that they're doing in their office. And not that we are promoting clinical trials. We're really promoting precision medicine, but in order to understand and create trials that appeal to the patients who may want to be in clinical, because we need the clinical trials to get the medications on market, right? So we developed this process where our team is working with um, some professionals who do shared decision-making, create shared decision-making tools, and we are creating a patient-led shared decision-making tool where our team, people living with the diseases, lead the conversation about what, first of all, education, what precision medicine is. So that's the first part. Then if they're interested in learning more about, well, I don't know, maybe I would be interested in a trial, then they could move on to that education. And that is in the form of the shared decision-making tool. So we would do the first half with them. And and we're normally a shared decision-making tool is done between a doctor and a patient. That's that's the normal dynamic. So we will start it for the doctor or for the nurse, <laughs> and <laughs> and we will and we will um, get them to a certain point. And then if they mm-hmm. feel like you know I might want to be more interested, we always advocate you need to speak with your nurses, you need to speak with your doctors before making any type of decision. So we're not going to help them make the decision. We're going to basically educate them, provide them the details necessary. And that's part A, that's part of what we'll be talking to the Rheumatology Nurses Society, Carrie and others Mm -hmm. about, well, what what could we put in there um, before they get to you? And what could we then have once they get to the office. So we need to figure that part out. And then the second part is how do we get the shared decision-making tool into the office? 
right? So mm-hmm. who better to figure that out with us than the nurses <laughs> who know how the offices work behind the scenes. So it may, yep. you know, when we first did this project, I know we had a little pushback because um, some of some people who were reviewing it said, well, why wouldn't you just go to the, you just go to the doctor if they're going to discuss it with the doctor. And, and we just realistically know the people who really understand the culture of the office is, are the nurses, nurses, you know, and, and it makes more sense to, again, like you said, Carrie, you're the first point of contact really. So it makes sense if you're going to introduce something, maybe part of that conversation starts with the nurses and it doesn't necessarily even make it to the doctor. So we Mm -hmm. have to include the nurses, um, in this. Um, and so that is, that is the project, um, that we have underway and we launched at the RNS conference that, Stephanie was talking about. So we met a lot of nurses and we signed up a lot of nurses. Um, and we definitely need help in facilitating this. So if you are a nurse, um, or, or, you know, part of the rheumatology offices, we definitely will encourage you to contacting us and, and learning more. And if you're a patient and you're interested in this as well, we'll give you information on that at the end. But I wanted to circle back on this because Katie, you went to the other rheumatology nurses. I sure did. Mm-hmm. I actually went in February to their conference and I'm actually now a patient member and I'm going to be working Yay. with them on um, patient-centered research and advocacy and things, all that. I'll be traveling with them sometimes and it's an amazing opportunity. There's a lot of very, very caring people who sit on the board who actually are in the offices every day and they were absolutely wonderful and wanted to know so much about our project. So thank you, Carrie, for being here. But also it's just amazing to sit amongst you guys and see how much you care and are really, really dedicated to the patients. And there was a specific precision medicine mm-hmm. seminar there, there, there correct? Sure was. And yep. so, and so, I was going to circle back with you, Carrie, and and ask you a little bit more about that. I I was excited and and sad because I couldn't go. <laughs> <laughs> I but, have to t- I have to fully disclose that I was supposed to be there and I had the flu. Yeah, I remember reaching so, out to you. Yeah, and, and asking. I, um, I'm I'm so sad that I missed it, but yeah, sorry. Do they do? Are you able to see any? Do are do you have access to be able to watch anything? After I that? haven't yet. Um, with everything that has gone on well, now, I mean, yeah. I I don't I I think it's public knowledge now. I'm pretty sure it is that our conference this year is going to be virtual. Yeah, I saw that. Um, so we are learning how how to do that, how to make everything. But I typically. The presentations are available on the website. Recorded. I they are recorded. Yes, I don't know that they've made them there yet, so I haven't seen the precision medicine um, talk yet. I'm just so I'm just curious, and again, we didn't mention this beforehand, so I apologize if I if I'm putting you on the spot, and you can just no, say, you're fine. Don't know, but um, <laughs> <laughs> so I was excited to see that on the roster that there was this precision medicine mm-hmm. um, seminar or that 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 was was um, brought to that because that said to me that's something that the rheumatology nurses society is recognizing as important um is there anything that that uh, more light maybe you could shed on the work that the rns or nurses in general are doing or thinking about when it comes to precision medicine i mean i think the the number one thing um and you mentioned is education um not just patients, but 
us nurses, we we need to understand it better too. Um, it's huge. I mean, what patient wouldn't want to, ha- you know, to know what medication is going to work for them before they try six different medicines. But um, I think just educating us so we can better educate the patients about what it is, what it means, what it looks like for them. Um, I think that's that's the best place that mm. we all all need to start. Well, I'm glad that I asked you that question then, because as part of the project that we're going to be working on anyway, the first step is developing that education. And Mm -hmm. we were just really planning to create the education thinking of of patients. But that makes complete sense that we also would could include the nurses as an audience as a as like a a parallel teacher, if you will. Yeah, I kind of um, I kind of had the unique opportunity of feeling exactly like they're equal. They let me sit on every single thing and I got to learn from their own materials. I took the same test as them. We sat and had lunch together. I felt like I was a nurse the entire time. I never felt like I wasn't their equal. And the best part about it is that um, it kind of really illustrates the fact that we are like experts in our field as far as patients go and because there was things they were learning from me because I participated in one of the original clinical studies for Enbrel or Intercept when it was in its infancy and was being tested on kids and hearing my perspective some of them had Mm -hmm. not been a part of clinical trials whatsoever and were asking me a lot of questions and there was so many amazing conversations that were had and education that was happening outside of the conference. So I think that's the best part about coming together with nurses and patients is that we all have something very unique to add. Yeah, absolutely. And we only just in this last this last 30 minutes, I know we've each learned something from each other just from talking. So yeah. see, it works. It works to have, <laughs> yeah. have the conversations. Um, so I think that for this project in particular, um, what I've gathered from this conversation is um, really it, it, going back to the beginning here is the communication between the patient and the nurse is is something that should be realized. And that's a very precious opportunity to to have your voice heard. And and in saying that, moving on to this project, this per, uh, participating or um, excuse me, pr- uh, precision medicine project is that we as an organization, while we're creating these educational materials, Carrie, I'll swing back with you since you're on yep. our, our, our impact committee for our organization and she's kind of getting start to streamline an outline of how we could also direct that to nurses. I think that's brilliant yep. to, to do that. Um, so I think that we've got a good, a good additional outline for the project. And I wasn't even planning on that. Yes. (laughs) So I love, I love how that works. So, um, and it's kind of a great way for people who are listening in to get an insider track on how we work as an organization, because you, you literally just kind of sat in on a meeting (laughs) that we have. And, and so that that's pretty cool in itself. Um, is there anything else that either one of you wanted to mention specifically about, uh, precision medicine or working together, uh, patient or nurses in that, um, genre before we move on? I I just think it's very exciting. Very, very exciting. Go ahead, Katie. (laughs) Um, I think that like we, what people don't discuss all the time is that, um, we have this very unique opportunity to put the me in medicine, as cheesy as that sounds, because you mm-hmm. might be the last key between what works for you or your type of disease. Like we're all so different. Mm-hmm. And I think that um, the one thing that patients bring to it is that 
when we go to another patient, we sit in an equal and we can talk to them and teach them, you know, like the years of experience that myself or Tiffany have speaking to doctors, researchers, nurses that like not everybody has had the opportunity to do, but to also pull people in and make them a part of this group and bring them to the table so that we all have this shared experience because we are literally just missing you. And that sounds like it, it sounds cheesy, but it is very true. We are just you away from making a very big difference. And I have lived through what, like in, it's been 20 years since I was on the clinical studies for those things. And just in that time, they used to call it the dark ages of rheumatology. We've come so yeah. far. No, we've come yeah. so far. Yeah. We have so much still to do. And I think um, what would have happened to me if, if me and my parents had just said no? You know, I was one of the first year, first 50 original kids who were in the study. I became their spokesperson, their most improved patient. And what if we just said no? Or what if we had never been approached? You know, that's the one thing that I have always, always stuck to from that moment on is that I will say yes whenever people ask me to whatever project because you never know what's going to be the difference and how different would my life have been. And the, all the other kids who were in that study, if we just said no and we'd just been ill-informed or scared or whatever, like there's so much that we can give now. There's so much more access to the information. And if there isn't access, then we should be that access. So that's been my passion from the very beginning. And I think that like IFAA and RNS has given me this very unique opportunity to have the soapbox to tell people that they're really, <laughs> they're literally made a life-changing difference in my life through precision medicine. And you could be a part of that too. That's, and I think that great. you brought up a great point about what if you had said no. Um, so, and I, and I think in trying to recruit, you know, patients for this, along with the education, they don't understand research. You tell it, you ask a patient, hey, do you want to be part of a research study? Eh, you know, it's scary. They don't know. Are you, am I like a guinea pig? Yeah. Um, so I think that's, you know, you I, I have basically two types of patients, you know, the ones that are like, yes, please sign me up, whatever I can do to help other patients. And then the other ones that are like, I just don't understand what what you mean by research so um so that's something else to bring to light thank you i'm writing that that note down because um because it's true it, like uh, especially when you have people working on on projects uh project managing like myself or or katie who have been in this for so long we always bring all voices to the table so novice to expert um, but that's something that we have to keep in in the back of our mind too that just that simple word research mm -hmm. can mean something very scary or or, 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 or there's an uncertainty that could lie in yep. that, that, that we may be farther past that wouldn't have been, wouldn't yeah. have thought about just even that, that word. So th I, think, I wrote that down. <laughs> I think that crazy part is I was just a teenager when a lot of this was happening and it, it actually came from, it very much, if we're being honest, it very much came from a desperation thing where we had exhausted every medication out there. I was living out of a hospital. Basically I was in a wheelchair. They told me I'd never walk again kind of thing. And it was scary but it was also scary to hear all the things, you know, you sit down to a bunch of paperwork and people tell you all the bad that could happen and all the nothing that could happen. And um, I think that a lot of that language can get lost on people. And um, if we can be that bridge that sort of tells you, you know, like, yes, there is all of this scary or explain all the scary, you know, there's so much mm -hmm. misinformation or non-information that's not getting to patients, or maybe we just 
don't offer it to them in general, that um, I think we're missing a lot of opportunity and there's a lot of people who could really um, affect a lot of change. And especially with things like step therapy that are kind of scary and awful, what if there was a different option? What if there was a different option? And there is, and that's exactly what this project is about, is giving options where there aren't any sometimes. Mm-hmm. That, that I didn't bring, I didn't mention it in the brief overview, but uh, for those who are listening to who are not from the United States, um, step therapy is uh, something that our healthcare system, our insurance companies will um, have lists of preferred treatments that we must first try bef- and, fail and fail before we move to another treatment. So uh, that's, we do actually have um, some shows. I have a, a mini show and we'll, well, I'm making a note here to find that link so you all can listen. I literally just did it last week, I think. Mm-hmm. And it was on, it was on that. It, it, uh, we yeah. did a paper on the ethics of step therapy. Don't want to get too off the subject. No, but the reason not. that that was so important that Katie mentioned that is because our preparing patients for precision medicine project, I mentioned that it will start to, to talk about clinical trials in particular and how normally the general patient population is the ones included in clinical trials. But however, the it, it regardless of where you are in the world, only about 30 to 40% of people who actually use these treatments are it's being it's effective and that's because they're not precision. They're not personalized to to each individual um, response, right? So um, one of the things that we say in the outcomes of the work that we're doing for this precision medicine project is we are helping patients and um, science, hopefully, to realize that if we can get patients into these precision medicine clinical trials, then essentially we are expediting treatments that would not only have better outcomes for the patients, but better outcomes for the healthcare system as a whole, because it costs billions of $2.6 billion to get a drug, a biologic drug to market. <laughs> and so, right. And, and to have only a 30 to 40% response rate is mm-hmm. we've got to work on that. So in the large scheme of things, it what that research also dominates um, can dominate what is recommended by an insurance company. So in essence, if you've got the safety and efficacy research, that will trump the step therapy um, process. So that is one that is one of the outcomes. Um, but the, yes, we will, at the, as we wrap this up, we're going to tell you um, uh, more about where to go uh, to learn more about this project. But I, I wanted to thank Katie for co-hosting the show and uh, Katie will also be back. She's one of our recurring co-hosts and, and Carrie, it's just been wonderful to be able to have you on. I'm so glad that you agreed and all the work that RNS is doing uh, as well. We are so thankful to, to be collaborating uh, with you. So um, where can people find uh, you RNS? Where can they find uh, you all? Uh, website is rns um rnsnurse.org sorry i had to think about that that's one. okay um we're all over facebook and and linkedin and instagram um twitter so you it's 
type of rheumatology nurse and you'll probably have no problem. You're right. That's actually how I found it earlier today when I was Google. looking for it. It's exactly what I typed in. Um, and then as she said, you could also um, find them every Thursday at 630 yep. Eastern 630. time mm-hmm. on Facebook uh, for these town hall meetings. They're not they're not only for nurses, they're for the community uh, and they're very, very informative. Yeah, so tune I, in. That's our news for sure. Hi, yeah, highly, highly recommend those. Um, additionally, you, we mentioned uh, a couple of of the other podcast episodes that we have done that are in relation to what we're talking about today. Uh, so you can find all of the episodes at AIarthritis.org backslash podcast. Uh, as far as this project that we were featuring, the, the preparing patients for precision medicine, if you are a nurse uh, and, and anywhere in the world, uh, you know, we are not, we are an international organization. So if you are a, a nurse, if you are a person living with with autoimmune or autoinflammatory arthritis diseases, please and, and interested in being part of this project in any way, you can go to our website, arthritis.org. It is under the initiatives, and I believe it's backslash precision medicine, but I don't want to say that for sure because I, I'm not a hundred percent. But I but if you go and look under our initiatives, you can scroll down and and find that as well. Um, and then also, if you uh, would like to have links to all of the sh- live shows that we have done, please go to arthritis.org backslash autoball. And then finally, um, if you are inclined and you would like to support the work we do, you could always donate also at our website. Just hit that big old red donate button. And we certainly <laughs> would appreciate it so we can continue doing the work we do. That's it. That's a wrap there, ladies. And I am so excited that that you joined us. And thank you all for tuning in. And um, add your comments because there's always a seat for you at the table here at AIR Arthritis. AIR Arthritis Voices 360 is produced by the International Foundation for Autoimmune and Autoinflammatory Arthritis. Find us on the web at www.aiarthritis.org. Join us again on Wednesday for our special breakout episode where we bring your comments, questions, and ideas to the table. Also, be sure to subscribe to this podcast and stay up to date on all the latest AI arthritis news and events. 